0: Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the August edition of my One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program series that I'm running throughout 2017. This month will be One Month to More Effective Continuous Approvement. My sponsor this month is Affiliated Monitors, No one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, I would urge you to visit visit Affiliated Monitors at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. As I indicated, this month we're going to look at one month to more effective continuous improvement. We're going to consider auditing and monitoring the different types of audit- auditing that you can do, from third-party auditing, supply chain, data risk auditing, auditing, culture auditing, for auditing against fraud. We're going to talk about control testing. We're going to look at continuous improvement through the use of big data. We're going to look at measuring effectiveness, risk-based monitoring, email sweeps as monitoring, and listening as continuous monitoring. I think you're going to find it a fascinating month And I'm sure at the end of the month, you will have picked up multiple lessons on what you can do to improve your compliance program around continuous improvement. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode, and I hope you'll join me for the entire month. This 2017 One Month to a Better Compliance Program podcast series is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 8, the Culture Audit. What is organizational culture? Eric Feldman, the senior vice president at Affiliated Monitors, has said it comprises the mission, vision, and values of an organization. A similar way to consider it might be as the company's values, visions, norms, and beliefs. Whichever way you define it or look at it, corporate culture affects how groups within a company interact with each other. A key inquiry is whether the corporate incentive structure supports the articulated beliefs. Finally, how does one measure or audit these articulations? An important feature of good culture is that the majority of employees can be positively influenced by values and environments that reinforce strong company values. Such a climate arises when the workforce believes that certain forms of ethical reasoning and behavior are the expected norms for decision-making. The ethical climate of an organization serves many functions in an organization or a company, It helps to identify ethical issues and address those issues by giving employees answers to, how do I raise my hand and what should I do when faced with an ethical question? Corporate tactic to blame the ubiquitous rogue employee is an attempt to deny flaws in the system and a culture that spawned bad acts in the first place. Chuck Bedeker, the General Counsel of Waste Management, has said, the compliance program should be designed to make it easy to do the right thing and wrong, to do hard to do the wrong thing. Some techniques for the measurement of of or the assessment of employee culture include employee interviews, focus groups, and surveys to measure corporate culture. Eric Feldman, once again, has noted that identifying cultural strengths and areas needing improvement, the cultural audit can guide the creation of your communication plan and cultural building initiatives, which will fit to your organization's needs. In many cases, an effective strategy may be to target weak spots while simultaneously solidifying the overall message to positive values already shared by your company. It's important to understand that corporate culture will not be uniform across geographies, functional areas, or even operating systems. But it can be useful in comparing results across your organization. So what are some of the things you can measure in a culture audit? Well, number one is operational pressures. How much is put on the individual employees to make their numbers? Obviously, this can greatly influence a company's culture, and you have to take a look at it to make sure you're on right on the right track. If you think back to the Wells Fargo uh, case, it turned out that Wells Fargo had uh, done numerous surveys where the operational pressure to meet the eight is great number was literally overwhelming. In another example, I often use the story of the apocryphal country manager in the uh, East far eastern country who is alleged to have said, if I violate the code of conduct, I may or may not be caught. If I violate the code of conduct and am caught, I may or may not be disciplined. If I miss my numbers for two quarters, I'll be fired. Well, that's truly operational pressure. And that country manager never missed his numbers. So any company that manages their culture through a culture audit really needs to consider the operational pressures. Two, what's the culture around retaliation? Because this is the highest indicator of um, workplace misconduct is really the fear of retaliations and where employees feel when raising such issues. It can also be a proxy for other problematic cultural factors such as specific or even general distrust of management. Measurements uh, would review data on employee willingness to address matters with their immediate supervisors, to use the company hotline, and to see what happens when they're reported, if if the misconduct is meaningful. Simply because you do not have any hotline issues bubbling up does not mean there are no problems. Indeed, it may be the opposite. What about rewards and incentives? particularly monetary incentives around compensation. Well, this can certainly convey positive cultural messages. If you want to look at probably the top example from the very top, it's Walmart, which began after its years-long, after it began its years-long FCPA investigation in 2012 when the New York Times broke the story of its alleged corruption in Mexico. It began basing a portion of, senior executive compensation on the company's ability to meet compliance goals. But that incentive can really be driven throughout the organization. Each individual employee can have compliance goals. One measure to develop is the degree to which ethical business practices have been factored into not only executive level performance evaluation and compensation criteria, but really throughout the organization, anyone that would be at high risk. So compensation and rewards are always an important cultural measurement to audit. Management operating style. Is your company a top-down, hierarchical, military? Is it collaborative? Is it even bottom-up? You should question your employee turnover and retention for information wherever turnover has reached unacceptable levels. Through employee interviews, you can ascertain whether the turnover rate is attributed to organizational transition or stress stemming from management's style. This might include such things as inappropriate compensation packages, unreasonable sales goals, and requirements. And finally, have you looked at the System for promotion, for talent management within the organization, for moving employees from employee status to executive status. A company can actively recruit new hires based on cultural consistency, desired behaviors, and reinforce those when people join the company. Yet this can also include, uh, can also be done throughout their life cycle of employment with the company. Companies must have a high-performing corporate culture for doing business ethically. It's one thing I believe that's important to staying competitive, but beyond the ethical climate, the collective corporate culture can be an important driver of financial results and an element in other key business areas such as talent acquisition and management and innovation-fueled growth. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, I would ask you to think to yourself, what are the mission, vision, and values of your company? Can you articulate those? As a compliance practitioner, if you're le- listening to this podcast, can you do so? If you can't, you may need to rethink that. Two, Are compensation, what are the compensation incentives in your culture? Are they designed to reward those employees who do business ethically and in compliance or is it simply to re- reward employees be doing business? And finally, never forget the great line by David Mamet from Glengarry Glen Ross. Always be closing. If you're always closing, what's the pressure on your sales team? So how much pressure is on your sales team to do business as opposed to doing business? ethically. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of One Month to More Effective Continuous Improvement, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for Day 9. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Continuous Improvement in your compliance program. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, please rate this podcast. It was a help in our rankings, and also get the word out about the only daily podcast to help you improve your compliance program. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. And you've been listening to one month of more effective continuous improvement from the Compliance Podcast Network.